The six-part documentary series Surviving R. Kelly aired on Lifetime TV over the last week. For the first time since allegations about the singer's predatory behavior towards underage girls came to light in the early 2000s, this comprehensive series presents a united front of women who speak out against the singer's alleged physical, mental, and sexual abuse. Kathy Cheney is a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. She was interviewed for the Dreamhampton-produced docuseries, and today she joins me on the AMP. Welcome, Kathy, and uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for having me, Jill. I appreciate you uh, speaking to me. I also appreciate you speaking to, to Dream Hampton. Uh, can you tell us what you spoke to Dream about for the series? How did the R. Kelly story intersect with the Kathy Cheney story? <laughs> well, I was just, you know, simply a reporter who was at the Chicago Defender at that time um, during the allegations and during the trial, and I just covered every day of the trial and, you know, post-trial, everything. So I just happened to be one of the reporters who, you know, have been covering R. Kelly and covered the trial and was um, contacted about being in the documentary to kind of talk about everything uh, of the trial coverage and, you know, previous coverage and just, you know, actually just growing up in Chicago and just hearing everything and just chronicling things. And uh, there were, you know, a few reporters making sure to document all of this. Uh, but not everyone involved, whether they be a reporter, whether they be a uh, co, you know, co-creator of, of music with R. Kelly, whether they be uh, somehow involved in the social circle. Not everyone decided to speak on the record for this film. Uh, but you did not. Why did why was it important to you? to be a part of this further documentation? I don't think it was as difficult for me to say yes as maybe some others. I don't have anything to lose. Um, I am a journalist, so it's not like I was going there to just simply opine about anything, and I'm not a survivor or anything. I have, like, a personal story, you know, with R. Kelly. So I think it was easier for me to, you know come to film and, you know, say, you know, what happened um, simply because I am a journalist. So I, I think I had maybe an easier role in this documentary than maybe some others. Now, uh, your involvement in the documentary, uh, and our, to a, a further point, our colleague uh, Jim DeRogatis uh, the work that he's been doing here has has made sure that none of this information is new per se. People have have, have long known about these allegations, but this round of of disdain for Kelly seems to be taking in a way that previous waves have not. Why do you think that is? I think it's because, and I do want to shout out um, Jim DeRogatis because without him and Abden Polish and Mary Mitchell at the Sun Times. I don't think we would be where we are today. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to truly thank um, them and Jim for completely owning the story, pushing it out there, and being unafraid to tell the story. I think that because we are actually seeing faces and hearing directly from alleged victims is why it's critical and it's, you know, sticky right now that everything is sticking. Because before you hear allegations, you read news reports, um, you listen to radio reports about everything, and that's all that you're doing. But now you get to hear firsthand from so many people who say that they were, you know, victimized 
by R. Kelly where you can't help, I don't think, but to feel like, okay, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different to read about it or hear about it, but when you hear it directly from alleged survivors, it does something to you. It really hits home, um, and it makes you, like, cry inside. So I think that that's why it's sticking is because you're directly hearing from them. And these are individual, independent recounts that almost sound the same. So it doesn't sound like they've all met at one time and said, okay, let's get some stories together. These are independent accounts, um, very similar accounts. So it, it really... When you listen to the documentary or you watch it and you just see the many different faces and hear the stories, you can't help but wonder, like, okay, is everybody lying? I, mm. I, I really don't think so. I mean, I mean, the documentary, I, I have to give props to it because it is shedding the light. Um, and it may put to rest for some people, you know, some doubts that they may have had about R. Kelly or, you know, the alleged victims. So I think the documentary is doing what it's set out to do. I'm Jill Hopkins. On the line is uh, Kathy Cheney from the Chicago Sun-Times. She was interviewed for Dream Hampton's six-part documentary series, Surviving R. Kelly. Can you take me back to your time in the courtroom as a reporter for The Defender? Back then, uh, sure, there were rumors and rumblings going on around uh, R. Kelly, especially uh, if you were paying attention to R&B music. But we didn't have... 20 years worth of stories behind it back then. What was it like in the courtroom? What was it like uh, kind of recounting this to people and, and having them be skeptical one way or the other? Um, it, it was very interesting. I will say that, you know, first day of the trial, um, the crowd outside, there were plenty of protesters out there, but I will say that his legion of supporters outweighed the protesters that were out there. So that was very interesting for us to see um, and pretty much every day. And I think I did say it in the documentary where there were like three girls who showed up every single day and we were all looking like, why are you here? Shouldn't you be in school? You know, Mm. baby girls, come on, let's not do this. But they showed up every day in support of him. And you get to see in the documentary one of the girls um, Deronda Pace, where she was one of the girls who we were referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite disturbing to see. And then to, you know, get, you know, in the courtroom and the trial starts. I never wanted to see the videotape. I had absolutely no interest. Mm-hmm. But on day one, opening statements, and then, you know, testimony starts, you get to see the video. And um, it, it was quite uncomfortable to watch. But, you know, you have to keep your game face on, look very short. And, you know, the jury and the reporters, we were, you know, had our poker faces on because we just, you know, didn't want to let on to anything of how we were really feeling about watching the video. But it was quite uncomfortable, um, and it really made you cry inside. You just wanted it to end, and the tape is 26 minutes, and you're watching it, and you're just watching all of these vile, disgusting things that are happening in the video to the girl, you just wanted it to just hurry up and end for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just, it was quite disturbing. And then just to hear, you know, witness after witness, you know, come forward and tell their stories. Like Lisa Van Allen, she was, um, she appeared quite credible at trial as she does, you know, in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just 
other, you know, teammates of the girl who said it's her. I mean, you had more than a dozen people identify her, um, but, you know, she nor her parents cooperated, showed up in court and testified, and in fact, they absolutely denied that it was her. And that is, you know, what led actually to his acquittal. And I've talked to a few jurors afterwards, and they were saying, we know he's guilty. We know that that's him. You know, according to the jurors, that's what they, a few of them told me, we know that that's him in the video. But for the simple fact, which shouldn't be that simple, it doesn't seem like, that she and her parents denied that it was her and didn't even show up, they felt like they had no choice according to the law. It sickened them, but they felt that that's what they had to do. Kathy Cheney of the Chicago Sun-Times joins me on the line. We're speaking about uh, Surviving R. Kelly, the six-part documentary series on the Lifetime movie that Kathy was interviewed for as a reporter for the Chicago Defender. So that acquittal uh, still to this day is what a lot of R. Kelly defenders uh, trot out when doing their defending. We're like in ground zero for not just this abuse that R. Kelly is alleged to have committed, but for support for him, regardless of his actions. Why do you think so many Chicagoans and so many just R&B fans in general still go to the mat for R. Kelly in 2019, despite this mountain of evidence? Um, I don't think that they can separate the music. And all of us at one time were R. Kelly fans for his music. I mean, he's a musical genius, but I can separate the two. Um, And then when you listen to testimonies in the documentary about, you know, how some of the songs came to be written, you know, it's quite disgusting, you know, um, but his diehard legion of fans, I mean, they're, they're hardcore and they will, you know, defend him to this day, number one, because they can't let go of the music that, you know, they've been loving for decades and two, because the jury acquitted him. So that solidifies their, you know, support for him saying, okay, the court said he's not guilty. I'm not giving up my music. You know, when's the next concert? Yeah. I I do wonder if you agree with the assertion that many have made online and in, in real life that R. Kelly would not have been allowed to have a thriving career after that because his victims are black women and girls. What do you think of, of that? I agree. Even with my journalism hat still on, I agree. Um, there has been historically a negative narrative around black women and how we're perceived in the media, outside the media. And um, it's no wonder how, you know, people will pretty much just dismiss anything or some things against black women, black girls, because of how we've been portrayed and how, you know, the narrative has been shaped around us. Um, and it is historical. So I, I agree that if, you know, these victims were not black and there was, you know, one Latina in there, that he probably would have been found guilty. Um, I, I will say that. It's just unfortunate that there's always a disparity in news coverage, especially mainstream media, um, when there's a missing, murdered, or um, sexually violated black woman, but let it happen to a white girl, white woman, you know, it's plastered on the news, you know, nationally mm-hmm. for days, you know, and then there's always follow-ups to it. But black women, Hispanic women, we just don't get that same type of coverage. 
and I've covered missing and murdered um, black persons cases for several decades now, and I, I see the disparity. So I do agree that if they were white women, white girls, you know, it probably would be a different story. So the movie's out. The uh, the entire thing has, has been broadcast. There's been countless think pieces so far online. The whole world seems to be talking about it. Is this finally the thing? Is this finally when the nails get put in R. Kelly's coffin? Or are people going to be stepping in the name of love at uh, wedding receptions this summer? And uh, there's just no stopping. I think that they will continue to step in the name of love. I think they'll continue to bump and grind. Um, I think they'll continue to put the key in the ignition, all of that. Um, And at the same time, as we can see yesterday from the breaking news that the Georgia DA, you know, is investigating some allegations about him in the wake of the six-part docuseries. Um, And we've had our own Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, you know, come out yesterday saying, you know, we have been contacted in the past about some allegations. However, the alleged victim didn't follow up with us. They can't do anything or make a move unless victims and witnesses come forward to them. So it does seem like the docuseries is moving things in the right direction on the side of the alleged victims. Um, so it, it's like a wait-and-see moment, but at the same time, as I said, People will continue to support his music and vilify, you know, the alleged victim. Hmm. Uh, I want to I want to finish here by uh, just kind of checking in on on you, Kathy. I know that, uh, you know, you're a journalist, so you're probably used to some feedback, some some from uh, some blowback for, for some things that you've you've published. But uh, we've seen time and again how people respond to to women who speak out, even if if they weren't survivors or victims. Uh, how's your inbox doing? How are the DMs? <laughs> Actually, my inbox has been okay thus far, um, and I have thick skin. I mean, it comes it's the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that you know the first two nights of the airing was so heavy of reliving everything that I had trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's been the most difficult part of this is just, you know, just the reliving. And if I had trouble sleeping after watching the documentary, I can only imagine the survivors that were in there, you know, what kind of emotions they probably were going through, you know, watching this um, after it was all put together. But yeah, my inbox has been okay thus far. Um, and I wouldn't care if it, you know, as you know, you get things spewed at you all the time in your inbox on social media, and you just have to have to have a thick skin and ignore it and don't engage with it. I mean, why fuel the fire? You know, why give them any type of way to say, "Oh, you're thinking about me." You know, mm-hmm. no, I, I'm not. You know, I've got other things to do, more important things to do. And I hope that you get to keep doing them. Thank you for all of your work, uh, not just uh, with this, but. In general, you're doing great work at the Sun-Times, and we miss you here at the office, Kathy. You know, I miss coming up there sometimes. I'm going to have to make another trip up there soon. I miss my BEZ and Vocalo family. Well, tell everyone at the Sun-Times that we said hello and keep up the good work. Thank you, Kathy Cheney. You can visit her at Kathy Cheney on Twitter. Uh, Follow all of the great work that she does. Journalism is alive and well here in Chicago.